Amen. Go ahead, have a seat. Welcome today to Mountain View Church Sunnyside. My name is Ken. I get to be the campus pastor here. Uh, if you're here for the first, second, or third time, or you've just never filled out one of these guys, I'd love it uh, if you took the next 20 minutes and filled that thing out. And then as soon as we're done, we're already going to be outside because we're watching a baptism today in case you missed the one million times I was mentioned already. Uh, take it to the welcome table. And we got a gift for you, just something you can eat as you walk to the car. Our way of saying thanks so much for being there. And also at the welcome table, we're going to have signups for a women's event that's happening on December 11th. And that's all that I know about it. Oh, there will be food. I know that too. Uh, after that, I have no clue because it's a women's event. But the ladies at the table, they know stuff because they're women. So there are a number of questions in life that if you're asked these questions, things aren't going well. Okay. So I was thinking about it. You can ask a guy like, when are you going to start getting into shape? When are you going to start lifting weights? When are you going to start like it, that's not the right question. Like this stuff has already been happening. When is a lift, tr lift, lift kit on your truck getting installed? Uh, it's, it's already installed. When are you going to like, when's the baby due? That's one of those that you should never, ever ask anyone ever, ever, ever. Uh, and what we're going to look at today is one of these questions that it's really easy based on where you've been so far in this series. It's really easy to ask this question, to think this way about Jesus. It's about Jesus. Today, we're, we're always, every Sunday, a church, and uh, we're looking at where we've been in this series so far is a bunch of things that Jesus has done way in the past, but what we're talking about today answers another one of those really difficult to ask and really difficult to answer questions, and that question is, so what did you do today? All right, for those of us who work outside the home, if we come home and you ask your wife or your husband or whoever is at home, like, what did you do today? That question can very easily be taken the absolute wrong way, especially if your kids are under one. Like that question is just not answered well. If you come home and say, hey, what did you do today? I kept a human alive. That's a really big endeavor. That's a huge accomplishment. And so around this question with Jesus, the answer of what he does today actually has an ability, actually has an impact and a challenge for us that totally affects the way that we live and the way that we see ourselves. And so that's what we're talking about today. We're going to be in the book of Hebrews. Hebrews is towards the very end of your Bible. Or if you've got a Bible app and you alphabetize your books, it's in the H section. Uh, Hebrews is asking the big question, is this actually going to work, this following Jesus thing? And if it works, is it worth it? And so what we're talking about today describes how this following Jesus life actually works. And what we're talking about is a whole idea of intercession. So far, not interception, that's football, that's at one o'clock. Intercession. This is Jesus praying for us. And so far, what we've talked about in this series is everything that Jesus has done, past tense, that still has an impact today. And today, what we're talking about, this thing with intercession, is actually what he's doing today. We can ask Jesus, what did you do today? And this is the answer. This is intercession. That means he's the go-between. For us as Jesus' followers, what we believe about him isn't that he was just a great teacher. It's that he's actually God with skin on, that he is the physical representation, the human idea, the human understanding of who God is in our lives as our Savior who saves us from our sin. And so as the person who is God with skin on, who's fully God and also fully human, he's perfectly designed to stand between us and God. And like we prayed a little while ago with Pastor Aaron on stage, he pleads for us. He prays for us. And the reason that he does that is that Jesus' intercession applies what everything else accomplished. 
Jesus' intercession applies to us what everything else accomplished. And this started what we've talked about in the last few weeks with his life, that he was incarnation, that he took on skin and stepped into our world and lived the way that we could never live. It showed his really big ability to become really small. Moved on to his sinlessness, his miracles. The two biggest events in human history were his death and then three days later, his resurrection. After that, there's the mission of Jesus. There's the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. There's the ascension back to heaven. And today what we're talking about is the intercession. It does that because Jesus came to fulfill on his mission on earth. The reason why he came into the world was to fulfill three primary purposes. One of those is he's going to be the king. For Jesus, for those of us who are Jesus followers, the reason that we worship him is because he saved us from our sin. Like was talked about earlier, what Tim said just a few minutes ago, saved us from our sin. He's also a prophet who calls us to follow God. And the third thing is, is he is our priest. He's our priest. And some of you hear that word and you think back to a time in your past. Where's the priest? That church is the guy who does religious things. I want to take us back, but I want to take us way past your childhood. We're going back to the Old Testament. And in the Old Testament, that's the part of the Bible before Jesus, there were priests. Their job was to live between people and God. And once a year, they would take a goat and they would take a bull. They would take them outside of the camp, outside of the organized area where everybody lived. They would slaughter them and then they would take the blood from those slaughtered animals into the most holy place where they believed the presence of God was and they would sprinkle it on the altar. This sounds familiar. This sounds like what Jesus has done for us. And what it did was for one year, it would make restitution between God and people. And so Hebrews talks about this, how it sounds familiar, but it's still a little bit different. Hebrews 7, it says this. There were many priests under the old system. That's the the animals outside. You kill them and you bring the blood inside. There were many priests under the old system for death prevented them from remaining in office. But Jesus lives forever. His priesthood lasts forever. And so in that forever, what he's doing is he's answering the question, what did you do today? He interceded for us. He's praying for us. He's standing as fully God and fully human between us and God praying for us. And it's all the implications of everything we've talked about so far. The intercession, it's God's big ability to become really, really small. So while he's handling the world, he's also handling your life and mine. It's Jesus's sinlessness that that maintains perfect communication between him and and God. And what does Jesus do with his sinlessness that we talked about a few weeks ago is he doesn't hoard his sinlessness. He shares it with us. He paints it over our sins, our lives. So when Jesus looks at you and me, he doesn't see our sin. Or when God looks at you and me, he doesn't see our sin. He sees Jesus's sinlessness. It's the miracles, God's ability to pivot a funeral. You know, everything that we've talked about so far. It's the Pentecost where the outpouring of the Holy Spirit to make a new community out of new creations. That's what Jesus is doing now. It's the resurrection where Jesus walked out of his own grave in our shoes, calling us to do that with him. And so intercession brings the work of Jesus into your life and mine. The next verse back in Hebrews chapter seven, this time 25, it says, therefore, Jesus is able once and forever to save those who come to God through him. He lives forever to intercede with God on their behalf. I love that part about those. Like there's no other qualifier after that. He's able to serve those who pay the subscriber fee. He's able to serve those who have kept it up for long enough. He's able to pay those who have a clean record as they walk in here. He's able to pay those where stuff is okay at home and you can honestly come to church and not fake anything. 
That those, all it says is those. It means there's, there's, a, there's a significance about believing in Jesus where we, we receive blessing from God, we receive forgiveness of God, we receive the empowerment from God as he comes to live inside of busted up people like you and me. And so what that does is Jesus' intercession shows us how perfect, how personal his life, death, and resurrection really were. That it moves from the paper to church where like we talk about this stuff, but then it goes home with you. It sticks in our souls. It sticks in our hearts as we go home and we live this out and we experience this in a way that changes us. April is gonna come up right now and she's gonna share about the way that this has impacted her life. And if you, if you notice, she's wearing a baptism shirt because today we're having baptism. If you're here, you're out of junior high, you've never made the decision to get baptized, we can do it next week. We can do it in December and the heater works. So you're not gonna freeze in December. Praise God, we figured that out this week. So hey, let's turn our attention to April. Um, as a child, my parents raised us Catholic. I was baptized when I was a baby, had my first communion. Then in my adolescence, my parents converted to shamanism. Out of respect for my parents, I just went along with their practices, but I still believed in God. Now, I know I'm not the only one who's lost friends and family members during this pandemic, but losing loved ones really hit me hard this past year or so. Um, I started to doubt God. I had so many questions, but the main questions were, why? Why were these things happening? Why was God allowing them to happen? I felt so sad, so angry, and so lost, and I needed answers. I have always believed in God, but I wasn't always living for him. And because I wasn't living for him, I allowed this gap between me and God to grow. I started doing things I wasn't proud of, and I was too embarrassed to ask for forgiveness. I didn't even want to think about going to church because church was only for good people. <laughs> it wasn't a place for someone like me, a lost soul. Um, As, as, as I felt, I knew I wanted to start a family someday. I wanted to teach my children God's words and his miracles. I didn't want them to grow up like me. To be, able to, to be able to do that, I knew I had to change. I wanted to be in God's presence. I wanted to feel his love. I wanted to know more about him. So this past Easter, my husband and I attended our first service here at Sunnyside Mountain View. Woo -woo. <laughs> uh, it was... It was the perfect reminder of God's love for us. Um, we came back the next Sunday and the next and so on. Then one Sunday morning during worship, I felt this warm, fuzzy feeling. It was a familiar feeling, the feeling I used to have when I was younger, and I did something good. My eyes filled up with tears. I raised my hands, and I knew I was right where I belong. I knew that God knew I was trying my best. I was trying my best to be a better person, and I was trying my best to build a stronger relationship with him. The Holy Spirit was working in me. He is the answer. I asked for forgiveness, and I prayed for more faith. God's timing is always the right time, and his plans are always just what I need. Having faith in him has helped me to worry less. Things I used to worry about, I didn't worry so much anymore. Now, I find myself wanting to tell everyone about God and his unconditional love. He loves us even though we are sinners. God knows. He sees. He understands. He will always be there. We just need to open the, our hearts and let him in. Um, Romans 8.38. 
And I am convinced that nothing can separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love, no matter the sky above or in the earth below indeed. Nothing in all certain will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, Lord, Jesus our Lord. I'm, get, I'm getting baptized today because I surrender my life to God, and I'm ready to live my life for him. So Jesus' intercession shows that it wasn't just mission accomplished, it was mission affection. Like you hear April's story, we're going to hear coups in a few minutes, but it's not just Jesus doing his job, punching the time clock, dying for sins, raising from the dead to show us that it meant something and then saying, get over it, follow me. It's mission affection. The way that Jesus walked around, and this is what continues to move hearts and change lives for 2,000 years, is the fact that Jesus perfectly loved people the way that God loves people. And so we read the stories about how he pivots funerals, how he heals people, how he includes people back in community. And it still makes our hearts break. And the thing is, is that the way that Jesus loved people is still the way that Jesus loves us now. So we ask God, what are you doing today? What did you do today? And his answer is, is I continued to love you the way that I loved people in the Bible. I continue to follow after you. I continue to hear you, to see what you need and to provide that. Without this, the idea of God, the idea of following Jesus gets understandably and justifiably cold and boring and useless. The fact that he did all those things way back then and then someday he's gonna come back, but nobody knows when. Like what happens in the meantime? What happens in the meantime is God continues to demonstrate over and over again, like hitting refresh on your browser. That man, that, all that stuff happened and, and I died for your sins. And now I've risen to new life to invite you into a relationship with me. He's continuing to hit refresh on that, continuing to walk out of the grave for his first time, taking us with him in that, that just as God's heart for people 2,000 years ago that we read about was life-changing, scandalous, and over-the-top graceful, it's still the same for you and me today. He's constantly hitting refresh on his life, death, and resurrection because he wants to. Nobody backed Jesus into this. He came on a mission to seek and save the lost. And now he's in heaven continuing to intercede for people like you and me, because that is what his heart is. It's not just mission accomplished, it's mission affection. And that love for God changes the way that we view ourselves, the way that we view the world. And Ku is gonna come share with us now. As a kid, my parents would take us to church. Uh, I've never liked going to church. I was just, I just uh, wasn't interested. You know, my parents converted to uh, shamanism because it was convenient for them and our uh, relatives. Um, as time went on, I kept Jesus close to my heart, but afraid of accepting him because I was worried my family, uh, mainly my parents, would disapprove. Just years ago, my wife and I lost many loved ones in just a short time because I have no... I have not able to been express my true faith in God. These losses made me question and doubt God. Uh, following after church at some time about a month ago, I prayed with uh, Jay Valencia and surrendered my life to the to the Lord. Now it is no longer the old who lives, but the who lives within me. Um, accepting God and allowing Him to come to my life was a feeling I will never forget. Uh, 
I have a new faith. I have found a new hope for life, a new, more joy, and I wasn't afraid to tell others of my faith anymore. Um, I'm able to open up my beliefs to my family, and I um, was happy they accepted. Um, ever since I asked Jesus to take control of my life, my eyes have been open, and I recognize his presence everywhere. Every day God gives me the power to turn away from my temptations and sins. I know God will take care of me and that he loves me. I trust in Jesus and want to tell others about him because of his, the joy he's given me and taking my worries, knowing he's there with me. The fact that knowing I'm not alone anymore. Um, my favorite uh, Bible verse of mine is uh, Galatians 5.22. But the fruit of the Spirit produce the kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There's no law against these things. I'm getting baptized today because I'm ready to live for Jesus. That's good stuff. So they're going to go ahead and get changed. Uh, and then we're going to meet them outside in just a few minutes. The last thing is that Jesus' intercession uh, invites us into a life that's never boring. Jesus' intercession invites us into a life that's never boring. And the reason I say that is because, once again, like we're, we're going back to that question, what did you do today? I, I stood at the right hand of the throne of God and I saw everything that you need and I asked God to provide for that. This type of a functional savior should activate our faith and activate our excitement because what it shows us in situation after situation is that God is one step away from changing your addiction. He's one step away from mending that relationship that's broken beyond repair. One step away from fixing that thing in all of our lives that we just cannot get right. He sits at the right hand of the throne of God pleading for us. So next week, we're going to have a Thanksgiving service, and we're doing this for two reasons. One is for the 66,000 people around this place who don't care about this place. If you've been here for the last few weeks and you're thinking, every week he mentions that 66,000, I don't think he's going to this week. Yes, I waited till the end. Um, we do it because this is the type of event where we can invite people to come to church with us, and we're going to have a Thanksgiving feast afterwards because all y'all provided all the turkeys and all but four, hear that, four uh, of the pies that we need. We can do this. It's for the 66,000 out there. It's also for us to put flesh and blood card in our hand, reminders of the fact that Jesus is still pleading with God on our behalf so that we can look at that. And you're thinking, there's no way I'm talking to anybody about Jesus. That's not me. My life doesn't match up. My skill set doesn't match up. I get nervous looking in the mirror because I'm talking to somebody I don't know. And Jesus says, well, let me step into that. Let me provide peace for that. I sit at the right hand of the throne of God interceding for you. Well, you don't understand the people that, that I'm going to invite, like they're never going to say yes. Now we invite Jesus into that. And we let Jesus work on their hearts. Well, even if they come, they're just coming for the food and nothing is ever going to change. You know, we invite Jesus into that again. This is intercession practice for us. It's putting us in a place where we're going beyond doing life the way that we normally will because there's always something that Jesus wants to pull us to that's not where we are right now. I'm not saying move. 
I'm saying that there's always ground in our lives, in our hearts where Jesus looks at and says, oh, I want that next. I wanna take over that part of their life next. I wanna lead them into freedom around that next. I wanna bring them into a new sense of understanding my love next. He's never bored, he's never done. That's what he's doing today. It's a microcosm of the rest of your life so that we come out of this. We come out of this experience of saying no to fear, saying yes to him, even just as simple as inviting somebody to church with us because it gives us a baseline where we can say, okay, God, you're with me as I talk to my neighbor. So now I'll trust you with my finances. You're with me when I talk to my neighbor. So now I'm gonna hand over this addiction that nobody else knows about. I'm gonna let somebody into my struggle. You were with me when I went to work and, and told a coworker about you. So I guess I can trust you with my future now. It's a first step. It's us stepping into the fact that Jesus is always working for us. Not because he has to, because it's mission affection. It's his joyful answer to the question every day, what did you do today? I prayed for you. I stood at the right hand of the throne of God and I interceded for you knowing that the mess you live in is a mess I can affect, is a mess I can solve, is a mess I can fix because I love you. Let's stand and pray.